It's 11 a.m. on Friday, and you know what that means. You're listening to TNT in the mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr. And I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. Lock in and join us in talking all things sports from the Plains and around the SEC every Friday at 11 a.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome to the first episode of TNT in the Morning. This week we take a look around at Auburn soccer and volleyball's hot starts, preview football season opening game against Akron tomorrow night, and so much more. Stay locked in right here on Weagle 911 FM. Good morning. Friday morning, 11 a.m., September 3rd, here coming from our studio, Weagle 91.1 FM, here in Auburn, Alabama. T.L., how are you feeling this morning? It is game day eve, and I couldn't be any more excited. It is uh, definitely game day eve, and we're definitely going to talk some Auburn football here in a minute, but I think we need to cover a couple bases before we do so. Um, very big news around other Auburn athletics. Auburn volleyball, I, th- I think Auburn volleyball is good, T.L. I, I think they're doing very, very good. I mean, three sweeps to start off hasn't happened in – a long time, needless to say. I think the I read this morning it was since 2009 was the last time this happened that, for that's Auburn impressive volleyball. Too. So I think that's a that's promising uh, for new head coach Brent Crouch um, starting off six and zero with three sweeps. Yeah, like I put in the notes here, that's that's kind of good. Um, <laughs> also, another outstanding program right now, uh, Coach Karen Hoppe, the soccer program. They're definitely good. Yeah, got a big win over UAB last night, four goals. So we're putting it in the goal and. Get this, so Kylie Bouchard, I hope I'm saying that right, spent two years, past two years, injured, and came out last night, got her first two goals of her college career. Impressive stuff. And not to mention, don't forget, we cannot forget that, uh, like I said, Auburn is 9-0 and dating back to last season. This is the highest the program's been in a very long time. Um, buy stock in Auburn soccer right now. But um, longest win streak, too, in program history, tied for it. Anna Haddock keeps winning top shelf soccer, uh, honorable mention, each week, and Auburn keeps forgetting how to lose. So really shout out to the uh, Auburn women's soccer team. If you're a student, make sure to go check them out because they are a lot of fun to watch. They are Very taking fun. care of business. Speaking of, they actually uh, they play uh, number one Florida State uh, September 12th. So hopefully that will air on ESPN and get to watch that. Right. It'll be an exciting matchup. I hope we can get the upset right there. Agreed. Uh, should be a fun one. Let's transition into some sort of Auburn news before we get into the, the thick of things being game day eve, like you mentioned earlier. UCF uh, opened up their season under the, the first game under head coach Gus Malzahn, obviously longtime the seven-year head coach here at Auburn. Um, excuse me, eight years uh, at Auburn. It was his first game. They did complete a monster comeback. T.L., did you watch the game? I stayed up until who knows when. Game had like a two-hour delay. I stayed up till two in the morning watching that. It was it was a great game. I mean, UCF got down so early. I thought Boise State was about to run them away. But it was, I mean, Gus Malzahn brought them back somehow. And honestly, Boise State just, like, they got away from their game. First half, like, they were scoring. And, like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Like, the third quarter, they had negative yards. It was, it was bonkers. The second half, um, until the very late in the fourth quarter, Boise State had negative yards. And it, mm-hmm. that was, it was bizarre to me. It looked like the third quarter game plan was not there for Boise State. And um, I don't know, question for you, did, did UCF win this game or did Boise State lose this Boise game? Boise State lost the game, without a doubt. I mean, you're up, what was it, 24-7 in the first half? I right. mean, you lose that game if they come back. They were up 21-0. Yeah. I mean, and I will say this. I mean, all Auburn fans know this. One thing Gus Malzahn always did well at Auburn was second-half adjustments. And he made that last night. And give credit to Travis Williams, Auburn's former linebacker coach, uh, now defense coordinator at UCF. I mean, he coached a great game last night, and uh, especially with his second-half adjustments um, and holding Boise State down. I could not agree more. Let's. I mean, you, there's a lot of former Auburn talent on that on that team, is, both on coaching-wise, because Cam Martin's also running back coach at UCF. Um, so, and their run game was incredible yesterday. But we cannot pretend like Dylan Gabriel did not play out of his mind. Dylan Gabriel did play good. After he threw possibly the worst pass I might have ever seen. Ever seen. Ever seen. In, in the first quarter. First quarter, straight to the defender, taking all the way With back. With no receiver in the area. No. It, it, was, it was bizarre. It, it, was, it was bad. But let me read the stat line to you real quick. Yeah. I don't know if you've taken a look at this. 25 of 37. So that makes him 67.6% uh, completion. 318 yards. Averaging 8.6 a, a, a toss. Four, tu- four tutties. 
and two interceptions. Uh, passer rating, 164, which seems ungodly high. And also, he got it done on his le- on, on, with his legs, which was bizarre. I know he rushed for over 100 yards. I'm looking for this for the stat line right now, but um, it's almost like Malzahn is, is re-implementing the, hey, don't forget, you can, uh, you can always scramble. I kept, I kept seeing over and over again, they, uh, they kept running uh, bootlegs, uh, out-route bootlegs, seen it many, many times out of Auburn. But, yeah, Dylan Gabriel, I mean, wow. Ho- hopefully we can get that out of Bo Nix this year. I mean, it would, I'm sure Auburn fans would be really happy to get that out of Bo Nix. But I, I do need to talk about one more player when you talk about one more UCF player before we get into recruiting. I think I, I think I know who it is. Hey, you know what? Go ahead and guess. I'll let you guess. Big Cat Bryant. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Wow. Big Cat Bryant is um, I, I very I, active on Twitter. He's very active on, very. on social media. And, and I, I do not want to actually – Come at Big Cat's head um, because yeah. I, I absolutely respect a player that wants his teammates to see him um, with full confidence in them. And I, and I love that. Yeah. That's, that's how every player should play the game. There does come a point where it, it surpasses being a leader. And, and I think Big Cat hit that at roughly 3 o'clock Eastern time this morning on Twitter. Where you are no longer being a leader. You are you're trying to fight off a chip on your shoulder that you're kind of building more than people are building for you. Does that make sense? Yep. You saw what Big Cat tweeted this morning about his, yeah, I'm not injured, and it was him with three fingers pushing the, UC, uh, the Boise State quarterback. I did not him. see that, actually. It, it was odd. I, I've, I saw quote tweets about it, but I didn't actually see his tweet. It was, it was bizarre. But to his credit, I mean, he's obviously won over the guys around him on his defense. Him and Travis Williams have come in and gotten full confidence. It is interesting, not, and not to mention the preseason quote where they could – quote-unquote, take someone like Auburn. Um, definitely something to think about, and that's just been a, a chip on his shoulder, which maybe that'll make him play better, but he had two tackles and one unassisted last night. It wasn't like the stat line was crazy. It, yeah. It's very similar to what he's done in the past several years at Auburn. Yes. So, speaking of football, um, before we get really into the big Akron preview, which that's a sentence I never thought I'd say. I got one more thing about the UCF game. Go right ahead. I, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. I'm sure you did. But did you see who was in attendance for that game? I did. Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl. Wearing UCF gear. Bl- quote was, blood is thicker than water. Yep. And Thoughts on that? I mean. Class act. I, th- I, I, I will always um, advocate you know, for Bruce Pearl's, right. um, his character. You can, you can question a lot of things about, right. about BP as, as, as a recruiter, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. But you cannot question his character, his, his unwavering support for you know, obviously, him and Gus have been Great close friends, friends since, since their arrival on the plane. Yeah. Since well, Bruce's arrival after Gus on the planes, um, I, I I didn't think too much into it um, in terms of a lot of people were upset. Um, I saw a lot of Auburn fans that follow me on Twitter or follow you on Twitter, or follow us on Twitter, um, very upset about it. But I don't really understand the whole. It was just like getting UCF attire, I guess. That that was odd. That was weird. That, that was the only part. I mean, nobody cares about him going to the game supporting yeah. Gus. I mean. Of course, they're close friends and stuff. Became really close ever since Bruce came to Auburn. But the U- the UCF gear was kind of I don't know if it was too much, but hey, there are a lot of Florida basketball recruits out there. And I heard Montverde Academy was like just miles within uh, UCF's campus, so maybe he's uh, bringing in some Florida recruits. T.L. Murphy over here previewing what's going to happen later on on this show in this semester as our resident basketball expert is already (laughs) jumping at the opportunity to talk basketball recruiting. We're going to talk about football recruiting first, okay? So, 2023 uh, recruiting class, class of 2023, congratulations, you're on the clock. It is now... You're a target. You are now targeted. As as I said on Twitter. um, I think that's the first thing I want to say before we get into the importance of this. How strange that graphic is, is... um, I mean, I, I kind of love it. I mean, I like it. If as if I'm an Auburn fan, uh, you know, I'm sure Auburn fans are like uh, like it, and I don't hate it. But it was very odd. To just the way it first popped up on Twitter boxes when the recruits were first sending it, it's like you've been targeted, and it has yeah. no no context, Mm-mm. and it's very odd. But also, there's a lot of them going out, so make sense make sense of that as you will. Uh, your input on the approach th- thus far. I mean, Bron Harson's big first recruiting class since he's came to Auburn so hopefully he's he's getting his targets out there he knows who he wants I mean we watched Boise State last night those were his players they honestly I thought they played very very well especially the first half so I mean hopefully he gets who he wants we got 
uh, was it Holden Greer um, for next year. Right. And that's who he came out targeted, was a, a low three-star, and now he's already a high four-star, almost a five-star. So just like Bruce Pearl's done in the past, he, see, he sees who he wants. It doesn't matter what their rating is. Let's pump the brakes a little bit before we make the, oh, the, the oh, comparison. I'm, I'm, making, I'm making a little comparison right <laughs> I'm here. I'm listening, I'm listening. But uh, it doesn't matter stars. It's the progress. We've seen Gus Malzahn not do as good of a job about this the last few years, and needless to say, it is one of the reasons why he's not a, the coach anymore at Auburn, is we would bring in four- to five-star recruits, and either A, they transfer. I mean, look at UCS roster. They got – three, four, five Auburn players on the roster, several who have transferred from Auburn to a different school and now joined Gus Malzahn back. So that is one thing that I've been an advocate about for uh, Brian Harston is I just want you to be able – it doesn't matter the recruits. It could be a three-star. It could be a four-star. But turn that three-star into a four-star. Turn that four-star into a five-star. Don't bring in five stars and them not live up to their potential and on the, on the Jeremy Johnson route. Jeremy Johnson. I mean, we had the number one player in the class of, I think it was 2015, Byron Cowart. How many games did he play at Auburn? Like, I count on my one hand? You can count on your hand, correct. Yeah. And, then, hand. and then transferred to Maryland, and now he's he's in the NFL on the Patriots. Nate Craig Myers, same thing. I think that also, bef- you know, the jury's still out, obviously. It's, it's going to be out for a while on, on Brian Harson, and I don't want to – get into the conversation about whether or not this was a good hire because I feel like that conversation is so outdated and so behind us now. you you got to watch the games to find out if we're, that's a we're, good hire. We're at that page now. But I do think that it is now time to evaluate uh, after, after maybe not this year, but after 2022, it is time to evaluate a pl- uh, player development because that was a weak point um, in, the, in the past uh, the past eight years, really, um, especially at the quarterback position. But that's neither here nor there. It's a big recruiting cycle. This cycle where we were back to what we were just discussing for Brian Harson because this year's expected down year um, for Auburn, and we're going to get to that later. But it's also going to be a an opportunity for Harson to prove and win over the fan base that has he's not already won over that he's able to recruit in the South and that he's able to recruit outside of Alabama, outside of Georgia, outside of Florida. Is he going to be able to recruit the West Coast in ways that we've never seen before? It's already looking that direction. But there's more. We have more questions than we have answers. I think this is a huge recruiting cycle for that reason. Yeah, I mean, you've seen at Alabama how they built their dynasty, recruiting. You got to get. You got to bring in recruits. And I mean, honestly, Nick Saban and Gus Malzahn, when they faced head to head, when the teams were even or even closely to even, Gus Malzahn would outcoach Nick Saban like X's and O's. But he beat him what two times in his career at Auburn, and. Three times? Okay. Well, it's it's the recruits and all the five stars that in those other years we would lose. And so we just, we got to bring in recruits. We got to – we got to – I mean, we've had down recruiting classes the past several years. We got to get into the top ten. There's no reason why Auburn should not be in the top ten year in, year out in recruiting classes. And can I chime in for just a half a second on yeah. something that's got to be important in this recruiting class? And I, I think it's important in viewers if you, or in listeners. We'd love to have your feedback on this and tweet at us at TNT in the AM on Twitter. But I, in my opinion, the concentration should be the offensive line this year um, for, for recruitment, recruiting. I mean, look at Texas A&M. Been look at rough. Look at Jimbo. That's, that's where he's got his program, offensive line. He went in day one address address the O-line and they're ranked six, seven right now in the country, have a chance to win a national championship this year. So build the trenches, and you got yourselves a team. If they can build the trenches, then they can make what I'm – you know, we'll get on to this conversation later, but take care of whoever's playing quarterback for Auburn in 2022. Um, And that's going to be a big conversation. Like I said, well, I don't want to tease this too much because we're about to have to step away for a commercial break, um, which is is unfortunate, but – I do want to emphasize how important it is that they take care of whoever's going to play quarterback, whether that be Bo Nix or TJ Finley this time next year. Make sure you guys stay, stay, stick around right here on Weagle 91.1. We're going to step away for a brief, brief commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes, talk a little bit about, actually talk a lot about, Auburn versus Akron this weekend and everything that means. So you're listening to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1. 
Welcome back to TNT in the Morning. Um, I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by Thomas Lynn Murphy. We're about to dive in to the big, exciting matchup here on the Plains this week. It actually is very exciting because we have real football back on the Plains. Finally. And uh, the big matchup between the Auburn Tigers and the visiting Akron Zips. Figured we'd take a moment to uh, have a little fun with this, actually. And TL, tell us, who who are the Akron Zips? Oh, the Akron Zips. All right. So they are a Power 5 school. Okay. And Not Power 5, they're a Division 1, well, FBS. Well, yes, FBS, my bad. <laughs> well, so last year they actually were not going to have a season at all because of COVID-19 and ended up, just like in the Big Ten, they ended up having a season later on. Well, get this, so their starting quarterback last season decided to, because they weren't going to have a season at all, uh, have shoulder, uh, shoulder surgery, okay? Cato Nelson, he will be quarterback one come tomorrow. So he had shoulder surgery right before it was in August and ended up they had a season. And guess <laughs> who could not play? <laughs> My bad. So they had to roll out their QB2 last year, ended up going a, a nice one and five. So who, who knows how he does? He was actually team MVP his sophomore year, the year before, Kendall Nelson. Ooh. So he is their That's star. Nice. It will come down to him on how they perform. But, uh, Good news for Auburn is Akron last season uh, scored seven, just over 17 points a game, which was the seventh worst in the nation. I did see that. Seventh worst in the nation. I'm listening to these stats that I read before the show because I just think they're incredible. So you, you can continue. It is. Uh, opponent points per game. Okay. Yeah, this one's rough. Fourth worst in the nation at over 41 points a game. <laughs> that's, like, Ouch. that's like Alabama. Scoring Ouch. on you every game. That's like playing Alabama every game. Yeah, like, but you're not hanging. What? What was the? What was the point scored? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, no way you're hanging seventeen. No, no, no way. <laughs> no shot. <laughs> oh, but um. So also about Akron is I actually saw this on social media this morning as I was on the Tiger Transit, the Whiplash Tiger Transit, heading Correct. this way. Correct. But John Heisman, the notorious for having the Heisman Trophy Correct. named after him, uh, has a statue at Auburn. He used to coach at Auburn. He also coached at Akron and has a statue at Akron. So I thought that was pretty neat. There's the connection we didn't know we, that we had. Yeah, no, I, I, knew, I knew we had the connection with Clemson because he went to Clemson and they took our blueprints and now Clemson's campus and looks then, exactly like Auburn. With a lake. But, yes, yeah, that's, thank you for that rundown, TL. I feel like I really know the Zips now. <laughs> um, probably more about the Zips than I probably ever needed to know. Actually, that's, that's false. I needed to know everything about the Zips um, for – just because I did. And, and I also le- heard on uh, Weagle911's compact Discord earlier this week, um, the reason that the Akron Zips are named the Zips is because it was some, like, tr- shoe fad when they were trying to come up with a name. And apparently the Zips won. And then later on, um, the like the AD and like the athletics department was like, well, we need an animal, so it's a kangaroo. Yeah, I was about to ask about that. Like, is a zip a kangaroo? I no, mean, I don't th- where, where did that my, idea My came interpretation from? is no. So you can you can fact check me on that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from the zips at this. Well, we're gonna keep talking about Akron at this point, but in terms of more of a, con, a an Auburn football context. Quick information rundown for tomorrow's ball game in Jordan Hare Stadium. It will be a packed house. We're going to well, it's going to be. Open to anyone that wants to come. Packed house, probably not. It'll be it'll be close. It'll be close. Um, we'll have the there will be the eagle flight. There will be the band on the field. There will be a modified tiger walk. Fans are asked uh, after the game should Auburn win um, to please do not roll the oaks on the very t- the very end of Tumors Corner. Any of the other trees are fair game, but the newly planted oaks they've been asked to not roll so that we can continue to grow those trees. I guess and plant roots. I'm not an arborist. <laughs> but this is this is what I have interpreted <laughs> thus far. Um, kickoff time, 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time. That's e- uh, 7 o'clock for you folks listening on the East Coast. Um, I guess 5 o'clock for you folks listening in the Mountain Time if there's such a such a monster. Those Boise State fans. You know, Those they, Boise State they, fans. No, you, might, you might be right. You might you may have a good point here. And um, streaming info uh, will not be on live cable. Will only be on ESPN+. Plus, correct? SEC Network Plus. SEC Network Plus. Watch ESPN. So, so you can you can watch that on the Watch ESPN app. Um, you can also listen to um, the Auburn uh, Radio Network. Um, their call will be uh, over their typical ID. Now, question for you. You've taken a look at the depth chart. I have. 
where, as, as we're looking at our starters, where are you most surprised? Where are you least surprised? Um, let's say most surprised is, I'm going to go, I, I want to say quarterback, but not quarterback at the same time. So you and me have talked about this. And we're, and we're, we're going to get into the quarterback discussion here, here in just a few minutes. But if you want, I can, I can go ahead and, and give you what I was thinking here. Okay, um, yeah, go ahead. My surprise is the insane amount of depth Auburn has in its linebacker room. We, we do have it a lot of linebackers this year. absurd. And the greatest quote um, uh, that I heard about this earlier in the week was from Owen Papo. And his words were, uh, when asked, you guys finally have a lot of depth in the linebacker room, he looks and goes, it's about time. Which is incredible, actually. But that's, that's my... That's my biggest surprise is just seeing the development and that any of those any of those guys could probably step up and take care of business. Um, I think my least surprised is the fact that there was no shakeup in the running back room. <laughs> Nobody expected that to happen. Tank Bigsby won, and then we'll have Worm. Auburn will have uh, Sean Shivers, aka Worm, which is the greatest nickname on the team. Um, I will say I uh, we got a uh, JJ Pagese was. Uh, fullback slash tight end last year. And oh now, yeah, yeah. Now he switched to nose tackle. He's backup nose tackle, but feels we, like the right. The, he has the right build and right athleticism for that. You know, I'm gonna miss him carrying the football. It, uh, it was so fun to watch him last oh, year. Uh, absolutely, like the 300 pounder hurdling people. For, I mean, for no reason. In my dreams. I mean, <laughs> that was amazing. No, it was it was a ton of fun. Um, and 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 we will miss Pegasus running the ball. Um, as as spectators, and I'm sure Auburn fans are. Are bummed out. I actually got to do a really cool piece um, a couple year uh, a year ago, uh, getting to getting to know JJ Pegues and his 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 family and his coaching staff. He's a he's a really cool kid, um, and we'll miss him uh, carrying the ball. But I think that um, this may be a good move by the by the horse, and I guess um, by new defensive coordinator um, Derek Mason. Derek Mason, thank you. Uh, I almost got mixed up and called him Mike Bobo, which is completely the other side of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, a good call by Derek Mason. Um, do, you, do you have anything to add, or did you you, I mean, you hinted at it? Speaking of like depth chart, I mean, we got Chandler Wooten back. Huge captain. Now Huge. he is listed as a backup, but it's to Owen Papo, I mean. Huge. But <laughs> yeah, that shows you our depth at linebacker. That's unreal. Is this the question for you? And, and this isn't scripted, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about this for a moment. Um, is this as long as he has an average year? Is this the last year that Owen Papo wears the orange and blue? It could be. You think so? I, I do think it could be. I mean, if he has uh, – I'd say he needs to have a little bit better year than last year. But if he keeps progressing like he has, then it, it very well might be. I think that he's probably got uh, – I think Papo is probably the highest chance on that Auburn roster to go to turn to the next level next year with the exception of Unless unless Anders Carlson decides he wants to go, <laughs> uh, really though, yeah, I mean, I mean and, he and, and could. I, and I'm, I'm not saying there are not other guys that Auburn could have drafted, but I'm talking about that will be notably like actual have play time uh, immediately in the NFL. So there's that. Okay, so we are going to do um, probably the worst thing to, that we can do to a listener. We're going to go and start it and talking about uh, the quarterback conversation, um, and then we're going to have to cut it off here in four minutes, and we'll wow. we'll, we'll pick it back up. I know it's rude. I was about to say. So we're save gonna, your we're to pick it back save up. your super hot takes for about another four minutes, and then we'll make them think about it for two minutes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Bo Nix going to be starter um, for game one as we expected. I actually agree with this decision, um, and I think that we both are in agreement that we should see a handful of people take snaps. Talk, talk to me about what you're expecting against Akron. I'm expecting – I'm 100% about, uh, behind Bodnick starting. I mean, two-year starter at Auburn. Um, but I will say T.J. Finley, from what I've heard, has been giving him some competition at practice now, which is great. Competition for, is key. For him and for the team, honestly. Correct. I am expecting because everybody knows this should be a blowout win for Auburn. Hopefully so. And we will probably put in T.J. Finley for the majority of the second half. And what I am looking for is to see, I, I want him to go in with some of the first string, at least for the third quarter. We can put in second, third string players around. Finley? Him. Yeah, Finley. So you want Auburn to play its, its first stringers if it's up by 30 in the third quarter. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not judging. I'm just asking if this is what you're going with. Yes. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Because, all right, so for the last several years, I can't even remember the last time Auburn didn't have like a major week one game. 
and we have a major week three game coming up against Penn State. And I would like to see how T.J. Finley does with the starting string out there with him for one, two series maybe, get get on his feet and see how he does. And if he does well, which I want him to probably play the entire second half. I mean, after about two or uh, drives or so, put in the backups with him. But I want to see how he does and do that for next week too against Alabama State because if Bo Nix uh, struggles at Penn State in that environment like he did last year at, or year before last at Florida, I want Brian Harson to not hesitate and throw T.J. Finley in there because he has confidence in him and he's seen the past two weeks that he's played very well when he's gone in in the second half of games. So I think it's – it's going to be critical for both quarterbacks. So, yes, it might be a blowout win, but it's going to be very key to watch, even late in the game, to see how T.J. Finley does, see how Bo Nix does when he's out there. I think that the job is Bo Nix's job until, until he loses it, and we're going to get into that here in just a moment because we're about to have to step away for commercial, unfortunately. But um, I do think it's Bo Nix's job to lose. It is. I do think that the first two games against um, Akron and against Alabama State there's a lot of implications for a lot of other things that are not just the quarterback battle. But I think if you're TJ Finley, you approach those games as this is a tryout. This is my proving my worth because uh, evidently he would, I, I would assume, I would like to assume um, that Finley came to Auburn with the intention that he was capable of playing quarterback here. And I think that it would be very, I think it'd be silly of, of Harson to not want to see what his options are on both ends. I like your, your, your comment about, about playing in the third quarter with the starters. I actually, I, I, would, I would like to see, um, if, if, if I'm an Auburn fan, I would like to see Harson possibly play him in mixed minutes with Knicks in the second quarter if the game's under control. Granted, we've seen sloppy play from Auburn in season openers before Jacksonville State comes to mind. It, it does. Uh, it does. And, and, um, even those non-conference lower-level games against uh, against Mercer comes to mind in Mercer in 2018. It is something to keep an eye out for, but if I'm Brian Harson, I would like for both of them to get some time in the first half. But, uh, you know, that's that's obviously not my call. I think that that's, that's how that should shake out. We'll talk a little bit more about the quarterback discussion and throw in the name Demetrius Davis when we come back from, from break. So we're going to step away from just a moment. You're listening to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. All right. Welcome back to TNT in the morning. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, joined by my good friend and colleague, Thomas Lynn Murphy. We were just talking about before the break, the quarterback conversation. We are going to resume the quarterback conversation in one moment. But first, I do want to acknowledge, I appreciate our good friend, Dylan Lorac on Twitter, um, at your boy, the tank. That's at Y-A-B-O-I. T-H-E-T-A-N-K, your boy the tank, tweeting at us about our discussion earlier about the the priorities in our recruiting cycle. That would be, um, his, his, his tweet was, without a doubt, the O-line has to be the centerpiece of the next re- recruiting cycle. Wide receiver, wide receiver, excuse me, and corner are a close second and third, though. You have a great point, Dylan, and I think that that's what we, what we mentioned. We, we appreciate the feedback, and we actually look forward to having Dylan on the show soon. Um, so thank you, Dylan, for for tuning in and providing us with your feedback. Always love to hear from you. Um, now, back to the quarterback conversation, PL. Yes. Are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm going to drop two words on you, and I want you to tell me what you think. Demetrius Davis, go. Love it. Okay. I do love him, but I will say uh, we should redshirt him this year without without a doubt. I mean, we've got TJ Finley right now as backup. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of seeing him out there week one and two. I know you might disagree on it, but – I think I do, but we'll talk about it before <laughs> we here's the thing. We got a big game at Penn State. I mean, right, right. This is a lifetime game. We hardly ever go to at a Big Ten school like this. And it's a must win. And we have to be prepared for it. And obviously, Demetrius Davis is not going to go out there in that game more than likely. And so I think we need to be. Throw out Bo Nix, get T.J. Finley ready in these first two games, get him situated. But after that, so Red Shirts get four games. They can play in four games. Uh, After that, any other game, we're winning big. Uh, I want to see Demetrius Davis in there. I mean, 
You saw A Day. Everybody saw A Day. He looked amazing. Played very well. Honestly, you could debate he was the best quarterback at A Day. Granted, TJ Finley was not there. He was not at Auburn just yet. Correct. But I, I love him. He is small. He he's very small. But that that doesn't matter. He's fast as a cat. This is why we started the show together. <laughs> because I respect your opinion and I understand everything you said. I disagree with all of it. <laughs> not actually, not actually, but but mostly. Right. Uh, I, I, I like D. Davis on paper. Uh, I like watching him. Like you said, I think he was, you see, we're agreeing here. He was the best quarterback in A-Day in my mind. He was. But if I'm Harson, I want him to play, I want him to take snaps against Akron. I want him to take snaps against Alabama State. And then I hold him out from Georgia State. Why? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That way you have the option. You could play him in Georgia State. I would hold him out in case things go south in, in Happy Valley. Okay. And, and, you, and you have to you, – you always – you don't want to bank on a really big high-profile game like this, not getting down to your third-string quarterback. You don't want it to happen if you're Harson, but it could. So you want to make sure that you're not burning eligibility, burning eligibility, burning eligibility. But I want to have uh, – if, if I'm Harson or if I'm Mike Bobo, I want Demetrius Davis to have taken snaps before we enter Happy Valley. Okay. In a whiteout. <laughs> what? Uh, speaking of, we got a wide out at home. Tonight, we do or tomorrow. Tomorrow, correct. Auburn is a wide out. Good, good, good tidbit that I forgot to mention earlier. To you. This is why I keep you around. This is why. <laughs> Thank you, Teal. I appreciate you. <laughs> I want, I want D. Davis uh, with snap and game experience. I don't care against who. I don't care who it is against. I want him with experience before you go into Penn State, and then you hold him in case you know, just in case he doesn't need to play in Penn State. Then you have those two other games to play with. In case something happens against the University of Georgia, something happens against Alabama, something happens and somebody, let's say Bonex has a great year and wants to forego the bowl game. And, you, and there's, a, there's a lot of things. Well, Auburn has to make a bowl game first. That's neither here nor there. But there's a lot of different factors that would make me want to see Demetrius Davis. I, you definitely don't sit him 12 games. No, you you want uh, you use got the, you've got to the play four, him the four use games. the four games absolutely and like we were saying with linebacker depth I will say this is probably the first time in a while I've been comfortable with our quarterback depth because I feel Brian Horst and Mike Bobo they can now play Bo Nix how they want to what's been the most deadly weapon of Bo Nix's game so far his ability to scramble his running ability they're not gonna have to worry about his running anymore I mean they can run him how, however much they want to if he ends up Trying to get an extra yard, getting going down, getting hurt, out for a couple drives or so, they can throw TJ Philly in there and be comfortable with it. So having this quarterback depth will possibly make Auburn play more aggressive with their quarterback situation. Have more quarterback scrambles, be able to step up in the pocket, run more with Bo Nix. So we'll we'll see how that goes too. There's also the year um when we had, I guess it was two thousand eight. 2019, excuse me, the year that uh, the kickoff game was in Dallas against Oregon, where you saw Mal, even the Malzahn uh, pr- program, uh, Malzahn switch up where you had Nick's play and then you had Gatewood in that goal line package. There could be, I mean, Finley's not going to redshirt. He can't. I mean, 6'7", 250, I, mean, I want to see him at the goal line. I agree. I mean, no, without, I, without I agree entirely. I would love to see a read option with him and Tank Biz- Bigsby when we get down inside the five-yard line. I mean, why not? No, I agree. I think that this opens up a world of new opportunities. Uh, and I think, like you mentioned, I think it's a depth of a quarterback room that I'm not sure, and you'd have to fact-check me on, the, on this, Brian Harson's ever experienced before. I would highly doubt it. I, w- I would doubt it at Boise State. So I think that that'll be interesting to see how he how creative he gets there. Um, this is going to be a really, really interesting season for, for, a number, for a number of reasons. And, and actually, this is the perfect segue into what we were about to talk about next. What are the implications? We talked about the quarterback discussion, so we're going to try to stay away from the quarterback as much as we can um, here. What are the implications for week one? Because, like like I said, the spread is ungodly. I, you have the number in front of you. I can't remember what it is, but it's it over, just over it's 35. Over 35. Um, 35 in, in favor of Auburn, obviously. Um, there's the, all, all the expectation in the world that Auburn should win, Auburn should cover. The question is, what does this mean for Harson? What does he need to accomplish this game to pr- prove himself to the fan base and, and, and against a low-level uh, non-conference? Uh, so how to how to prove himself is to get the offense be consistent. Um, one thing we had not seen as much past years is the wide receiver development, um, running routes. I mean, there's been several players in the NFL come out to say that. Uh, when they were at Auburn, they did not have a route tree. 
meaning they ran like two routes, a vertical screen passes galore. We, we Everybody saw that. Don't forget the slant. Slant. Always start the game off with a jet sweep. So I, I just want to see some variety of stuff. Run slants, run run all kinds of stuff to get the defense um, on their feet. <clears throat> so just being consistent in that area, I want to see us run the ball. Like, with no stop, like just keep hand at the tank. But, um, so so we need to do good in that aspect. Uh, defense, I like see how Derek Mason does this game. How how often we blitz, what coverages we're gonna play. Um, I'm not sure how Akron's quarterback is if he's a dual threat quarterback or not. Mind you, not to interrupt you, there's no nickel package this year. No we, we we noticed that no listed nickel okay. on on the depth chart for. For Derek Mason, so something to keep an eye out for, but definitely can still mix teams. I would like to see how Brian Harson goes about like his ag- aggressiveness on fourth and short plays because Gus define Mas- fourth and short for me real quick. Do you mean fourth and within? Like, and, like when we get it between all right, so the forty on our on our side, and from there on going down to score, if it's fourth and one. It, so it's within fourth and one. It's fourth yeah, and short. It's, so. it's fourth and short. I want to. I want to see what we do. Do we go for it? I mean, Gus Malzahn got a lot of criticism because sometimes he wouldn't go for it. Last night there was a like a key like fourth, fourth down. Fourth and one. It was a fourth and one. And at like UCF punted, and they've punted, Correct. and he got booed for it. First game at UCF got booed for it. So I, I'd like to see how Brian Harson does in situations like that. Uh, just game scenarios, and I mean, who knows? We'll go from there. I agree. Um, there's there's a lot of things that Brian Harson can do um, this week to to prove himself. I think that Auburn fans are split down the middle. But what else is new about being skeptic and being positive and behind, you know, whoever their fearless leader is uh, at, at the moment. But I think that for Harson to prove himself, there's a handful of things I, I I can probably list out off the top of my head. First off, he needs to hang fifty. Uh, that's that is that is a genuine statement, and, and fifty sounds aggressive. But he should hang at least 45. This, this needs to be a put your foot on the gas. Do not take your foot off the gas. I do not care if it's a three-hour blowout, three-and-a-half-hour blowout game. You need to establish the fact that your offense is for real. Um, I l- would like for him uh, to, st- I like as an Auburn fan, if, if I'm an Auburn fan, I want to see him not run whatever the, you would like to call the Malzahn gimmick playbook um, for non-conference games. Uh, I'd like to see quick scoring, uh, quick strikes, Reality is red, red zone score. Red zone scoring. That please. is one thing we struggled with in the past with Gus Malzahn is we would get in the red zone and not score, kick a field goal, turn the ball over a lot. Uh, so we got to punch it in the end zone. I, I would agree. Um, red zone scoring is big, but in my opinion, just the, the, the number on the scoreboard at the end of the game is more important. I think that you need to hang over 45 on, 40, 45 on offense realistically. I think 50 would, be, would bode very well for him in the future. Uh, and that, that that may sound aggressive, but it's very feasible uh, in terms of talent. I mean, the mismatch is just unreal. Uh, and I could say that, and Auburn may go lose to Akron on uh, tomorrow. And you know what, Auburn fans, you can come at my throat for saying that. I apologize, but it should be a curb stomping, and that should be taken care of. The defensive end of the ball, you should hold them within fifteen. Eh, fifteen's aggressive. Set. We'll call we'll call it seventeen points, two touchdowns, and a field goal. Maybe a little less. I think that I think. 17 points or fewer is, is fair. I think you should cover. I think that Auburn absolutely should cover. I think that's that would bode well for uh, Harson's spe- speculators and, and critics going forward. Not to mention, his. this is something that I don't think people talk about enough. After the game's all said and done, um, in a hypothetical world that Auburn has won, obviously we, don't, we can't speak to we, – if we knew who was going to play, we, would, when, we wouldn't play the game. If we already knew how the game was going to work, we wouldn't play it. But in a hypothetical world that Auburn wins, Harson's presence on social media, his presence in the, in the press room, are going to be extremely, extremely big for him. It's going to make his life a whole lot easier if he makes Auburn fans and, well, as what we've learned recently, the board, uh, happy. And with what he says after his first home victory, or his first season victory, uh, it's going to make his life a whole lot easier when he gets to those tough games like Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, I completely agree. He's gotten some criticism lately on social media, for, but, especially but, for the whole uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, but he's got to put that aside, get get that out, and get out there and win football. That's I, I mean, at the end of the day, his job is yeah. Your is job to is to football. coach the football team, and we have we haven't even played a game yet, and he's already getting criticized by Auburn fans over 
I mean, basically nothing that's out of their control. Um. So, so yeah, uh, he, he's just got to put that aside, get out there on the football field, coach his game, and prove to the Auburn fans that he belongs as a SEC football coach. I'd agree. And, and, and Auburn fans are, um, are very critical on, on coaching, as and always has been. But that's, that's a trend in the SEC. It's not, it's not just an, an Auburn-specific thing. But speaking of the SEC, we are going to step away for a couple moments, but then we're going to be back. We're going to talk a little bit about news around the Southeastern Conference. We have a full slate of football games. TL, are you excited? I'm very excited. We have a lot of football. We had SEC weekend. football last night, and we're continuing into the weekend. <sighs> SEC football last night of Bowling Green uh, in the conversation. Yeah, we're just going to go to commercial on that <laughs> one, actually. Y'all make sure you stay locked in right here on Weagle 91.1 FM TNT in the morning. We'll see y'all in just a couple minutes. Welcome back to TNT in the morning right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Harrison Tarr, and this is my good friend, Thomas Lynn Murphy. TL, last block of the show. I'm a little sad, but hey, for the first week, I'm I'm really proud. I'm enjoying this. This is fun. I am too. And thank you so much to all of our like fans is like a stretch, but like all <laughs> of our all of our family and friends. Our day ones. Uh, yes, absolutely. On uh, Twitter and sending us nice text messages. We really appreciate the support. To my mom and dad, I appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you guys. I love y'all. Um, let's get back into football. Um, we're talking around the SEC now. We have a little bit of a big football game on our hands this weekend in, uh, in Charlotte. And believe it or not, it is uh, not the Charlotte 49ers, uh, their home game this weekend. It is, um, it is uh, well, Clemson and the University of, of Georgia. And uh, I, I, just, I, think, I think we opened the segment with that because there's a lot to unpack here. Um, Thoughts. I mean, it could be the biggest game of the year, honestly. Week and it's week week one. one playoff implications. I will say, I don't know about you. I'm not a fan of big week one games, just because. Oh, I love them. You love them. Let's talk about it. Okay. Well, I don't think they have any implications on the end of the year, just because everybody. I mean, if it comes down to it, then yes. Right. But more than likely, when it gets down to the end of the year, and say say just throw it out there, Clemson loses or something. Okay. Right. And we're looking at playoffs. Right. And stuff like that. Well. Clemson's going to go on to win the ACC. Everybody knows this. And they got one loss or something, and they're going to say, oh, it's against Georgia's week one. They're, they've won 12 straight since, so they're, they're not how they were then. So there's always that excuse of, oh, it was just week one. They, they hadn't had stuff to figure right. out yet. So that, that's the reason I'm not into big week one games. I'd rather – because I'm excited to watch college football week one anyway. I'd rather – once my excitement goes down, I mean, it doesn't go down a lot, but a little. <laughs> once the blood pressure, like, yeah. plateaus. Once Auburn does Auburn and I need to watch other college football games, <laughs> that's when I like to watch a big college football game like this. Right. So, so yeah, I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Uh. I love them. I love them. For the, I, I love big week one matchups, especially when they don't involve teams I'm invested in, because then I get to watch from the outside in. It's like, it's like we're looking through this window behind me from our, from our producer studio, from, from our producer area. And they just, they're just watching us, you know, like struggle. I just get to watch like them be sad because now they have to win out. Whoever loses this, the Clemson George game has to win out. You think so? I, I no, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, Georgia, absolutely. I mean, Georgia's Clemson yeah, just because of they they have a tough. Actually, schedule. yeah, no, both teams have to win out. Absolutely. But, all right, so say Georgia loses this game though. Right. They lose to say Florida. Right. Do you, you think they still have a chance to make the playoffs? Unless they beat Bama soundly in the SEC. Oh, excuse me, whoever's in the SEC championship from the West. So, Bama. <laughs> right. Unless they beat Bama soundly in the SEC championship, no. I mean, it, if you win the SEC, you're probably going anyways. It doesn't matter. But that's true. I think Georgia has to – I think they have to win out. I think that that's okay. huge because if they lose to Florida, who's I mean, to Florida, say Florida's Florida, not going to the SEC Florida's got to lose two games. Yeah, right. So – uh, and Clemson, Clemson gets to mess around and play the ACC for the entirety of the year, um, which there there are programs: UNC, um, Virginia Tech, um, Florida State, supposedly on the up up uptick. Not seen that happen yet. Miami, um, a lot of people are really high on Miami this year. There are programs, but it's not. They've got the possibly same. the richest player in college football right now. Yeah, Derek King, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's making crazy. He's NIL. making bank. But speaking of how you said, uh, getting to watch uh, a big matchup that doesn't involve in your team. How how does it feel not having a big matchup for Auburn week one? I mean, we've played Oregon, we've well, played Washington, big games, and now we get to like week one, we got get to look back 
watch it, all the other games and sit back and relax. <laughs> I'm I enjoying this. <laughs> well, let me let me let me go and preface this by saying, you know, I try to stay stay neutral when we talk about um about collegiate athletics because I'm an Auburn student and um, I'm very fortunate to be here and I've spent a lot of uh, financial t- uh, time, and money. Here, yep, time yep, money here yep. at Auburn. Um, but you know, from from the outside perspective, it kind of stinks because it's always fun to see. Um, it feels like Auburn just thrives in those week one big matchups. It really does. Washington, you know, honestly, you're Washington right, yeah. and Oregon, and I mean Auburn essentially owns the Pac-12 at this point. But before that, even playing Clemson back to back years, it was close, and they were really good, enjoyable football games. That when Auburn started unranked uh, the first year when they hosted Clemson here at Jordan Hare. They, it was an impressive loss. There is such a thing in college football as an impressive loss when, you, when yeah. you play a team closely. Now, at the end of the day, if you keep compiling losses, they're no longer impressive losses. Right. But I think that from the outside perspective, it stinks. Now, if I'm you know, cheating for a second and acting like I'm a fan, man, do I love watching other people panic and it's not our job this week. I'm going to enjoy not having to have a heart attack week one. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. Hopefully this is not a Jacksonville State type of no uh, weekend. But being able to relax because, I mean, Oregon last year, I mean, I'm, I, there's no telling what my Apple Watch heart rate was at. It was probably bumping 200. <laughs> the year before Washington, same same deal. It came down to the wire, one-score game, basically the entire game. So right. it's, it's going to be nice. I get, I get to watch the Georgia and Clemson fans go at it on Twitter. I'm actually very – I mean – it's at the same time as the Auburn game, which I will be in attendance of. But I am very in- eager to see how that game plays out. I'll be watching on my phone in Jordan Hare Stadium. Okay, I'll stand next to you. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go ahead and run through, um, give some score projections. Um, you can say win-loss or you can say um, yeah, if you have like a loose score. Um, but we're going to move through them pretty quick because we are getting close yeah. to, the, to the bottom of the hour here. Uh, for the SEC, so Tennessee took care of Bowling Green. Taking care of is a bit of a stretch last Speaking night. Speaking of, did you watch that game? Uh, I, I watched the first half, and it was miserable. Uh, did, you, uh, did you see uh, their new quarterback, Tennessee's new quarterback? I did. What, what were your thoughts on him? Uh, I didn't. I was flipping back and forth enough uh, so much that I probably didn't really get a good look, so I, I, I don't have a, a professional opinion yet. All we'll have to watch film later. Gotcha. I'm sorry. It's a, we'll see where Tennessee goes with the program. New right. head coach. and I don't know. I'm kind of... I don't. I don't know about it. I, I really don't know about the program. It's um. Yeah, we'll they, we'll have to. Down, we'll talk. To, you know what? Let's put a pin in it. Let's talk Tennessee next week. Does that work? We'll, we'll do. We'll talk Tennessee next week. So, let's go through the list of the SEC. You can give me scores. You can just give me a winner. I don't care. Um, your call. Um, love to hear your input on either. Um, Kentucky, UL Monroe. Uh, Kentucky. Yeah, me too. I will by, by a lot. Yep, I agree. Kentucky by thirty plus. Rice versus Arkansas. Arkansas, love what they're doing with that program. Love what they're doing. They, they are doing a fantastic Got to talk job. about Arkansas soon, for sure. Um, give me Arkansas by 35, actually. Um, Alabama, Miami. Actually, let's push this one to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that, one, this, that one's going one last. That, that's the big one. Push this one to the bottom. Uh, Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State. I, I got Mississippi State, air raid offense, but, I mean. I got I, State in a close one. You do have state. State in a close one. I remember you said earlier this week that you had Louisiana. Tech I told you possibly. I was flipping back and forth on that. Earlier okay, this week. okay. I couldn't so we're, decide. Go, we're going um, state. Missouri, Central Michigan. Missouri. I, I'm going with Missouri, but I don't feel good I'm about ju- it. I'm just going with Missouri just because it's SEC versus a smaller school, but I don't feel good I about it. I don't have confidence in Missouri. I don't feel good about it. Um, okay. We're going to push uh, the Auburn one at the bottom, and we're going to go and give a. Actually, let's go and do that. Um, scores um, for Auburn. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, fifty-three, ten. Uh, Auburn. I was gonna say like forty-eight to ten. Okay, I can I can see Akron scoring, getting a decent one good drive and For, maybe a field goal. Fourth quarter garbage of, time touchdown. off of a turnover right. or something. But but yeah, big big win for Auburn. South Carolina, Eastern Illinois. South Carolina. Yep, South Carolina by fifty. A, a lot. Um, Clemson, Georgia. I'm going with Clemson. I uh, I have. DJ, I, I call him DJ Ukulele. I, I can't pronounce his last name, but <laughs> he's my Hosman winner. I have him winning the Hosman. I think when he – I mean, he was the top quarterback in his class, and when he came in last year and filled in for Trevor Lawrence, I mean, yes, they did lose, but they had other players out due to COVID. But he threw for over 400 yards, like three, four touchdowns. He was insane. He's Agreed. He's going to do amazing at Clemson. And I've got I've got the Tigers. Speaking speaking of that game, we have 
heard that there are a lot of COVID things going around, yep. and we do not know who's all going to be playing in that game. Correct. So be keep an eye out on that game, see who's missing. So far, none of like the big, big-name players are out, but, right. but who knows. Moving on, only because I, 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 we could talk about this for a while, but we, we are at the bottom of the hour here. Uh, Florida, University of Florida Gators take on FAU. Give me the Gators by a lot. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Amari, uh, Emory Jones, I think he's going to have a really good season this year. Here's a fun one. Eastern Tennessee Sta- East Tennessee State excuse me, and Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. That's a close one. Give me the Commodores, but like four. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm go yeah. with Vandy on this. Yeah. I, I just don't have any hope in East Tennessee State, but – uh, yeah, Vandy's not going to do too much damage in the SEC this year. Ole Miss-Louisville, this game's on Monday. Um, old, that, that game is uh, the Benz in Atlanta kick, Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Give me Ole Miss by like seven, but I don't feel good about it. You don't? I don't feel great. Wow. Uh, Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin. Uh, oh, yeah. Give me Ole Miss. They're, they're putting up 40 to 50. Okay. Uh, this, game's out in, this next game's out in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Uh, LSU's traveling to UCLA on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. That game will be on Fox. Give me the Bruins. You're taking the Bruins? Give me the Bruins. Wow. Uh, so and give it the, Get this. Give me the Bruins by double digits. Ooh, that's a hot take right there. So uh, last week, after our little round of golf in which I got beat, by Harrison. Yes, you did. It was it was by rough. ten strokes. It, it was it was rough. We're not going to talk about that. It, but ten strokes. Got for to those come, listening. Got to come back home and watch UCLA play Hawaii, and they put them in the dirt. I'm it, telling you, it was bad. Uh, I'll tell you what, Dorian Thomas. Me out. He's a great quarterback, but I got LSU. Thirty-eight twenty-five. Give me the Bruins. Okay, okay. I I still got LSU winning this. Um, I just I think that will be just a little too much for UCLA. I respect it. I respect your opinion. I just got to throw a wrench in there somewhere, you know. <laughs> All right, last game we're going to predict. Um, Alabama versus Miami. That game's at the Benz. It's on Saturday, 2.30 p.m. ABC. 2.30 Central, excuse me, sorry. I'm ready to hear your thoughts on this game. So Alabama's, uh, excuse me, Miami's uh, going to be a really well-coached team. Really love what they're doing down there. Uh, Derek King's a great quarterback. Give me Alabama by 25. Your call. 25? Yes. Okay. Well, I've been – Mostly going to this is about to be a blowout for Alabama. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't care what the media says. And Alabama, everybody knows they're more than likely just going to blow them out. That's how they always do. And also Alabama's kind of been known for playing big-name schools to start their seasons off, and then those schools turning out to be absolutely nothing at the end of the year. Um, USC, Florida State. So, But I will say – all the media is also dragging me into this De'Aaron King hype and no. my, Miami and all of this, but it's a blow. I got Alabama by thirty plus. In there we game. go. There's the answer. <laughs> thank you. All. Thank everyone who's listening for tuning into TNT in the morning. First episode of this year. Weagle ninety one one FM. Make sure to give us a follow on all of our social media platforms. Uh, our show is on Instagram and Twitter at TNT in the AM. And until next week, I'm Harrison Tarr. I'm Thomas Lynn Murphy. And we'll catch you all next Friday. On behalf of myself and my co-host, Harrison Tarr, thanks for listening to TNT in the Mornings on Weagle 91.1 FM. Make sure to catch us next week and follow us on Twitter at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. That's at TNT underscore W-E-G-L-A-U. And check out more content from the station at W-E-G-L underscore A-U.